Welcome to my super type A attempt at being Zen, the podcast. My name is Risha York, and I will be your host. If you are overworked, overtired, overstretched, overwhelmed, just over it, you are in the right place. We like to say we are currently working towards Zen-ish. I'm thrilled that you've joined us. Let's see who will be supporting us on our path to Zen today. Okay, welcome to my super type A attempt at being Zen the podcast. Woo! Today I have with me Brie. She's going to introduce herself and tell you more about what she's about, but she is a super type A person. Is that fair to say, Brie? Even though I don't like it when you say that, it's <laughs> probably the biggest indicator of truth. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about like the challenges. And also she has a really fascinating job that I think brings a little bit of perspective to this topic as well. So Brie, please introduce yourself. Okay. I am Brie Lefebvre. I am super duper type A. I'd like to say maybe in recovery because it... <laughs> It feels like something that I'm oh we're all in recovery to, to tackle and maybe not identify although I don't even know if I identified that way it just kind of happens and then pukes all over my life <laughs> <laughs> which then brings in the need even more to try and find zen ways mm-hmm. um I have four kids I'm a single mom I have a super busy life really community involved super animal person too so four kids three pets keeps a busy household too you have a full house yes <laughs> yes we do in really glorious ways it just makes a really busy space and dynamic but yeah of course yeah like grand central station exactly and they're all teenagers so it's like them and their buddies and boyfriends and girlfriends and things that come in and out and whatever the social du jour is wow it's interesting and amazing all at the same time. I'll bet. Exhausting <laughs> also at the same time. <laughs> and you're running behind them being like, put, use a coaster, close the door. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that in. Um, I'm lucky in the sense, though, that all four of my children, even at high school, will yell back, love you too, mom. Oh, that's so nice. That You've done something, something right. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I'm involved in nonprofit and social work and that whole sector of the community and all of the brilliance that it brings and all of the tremendous challenges and excitement mm-hmm. and kind of more feeling of parenting through every facet of my life brings. Right. Um, but it's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. can imagine. Yeah. And you're currently the executive director of a not-for-profit. Yes, of Cushing Jubilee House here in Aurelia mm-hmm. and then we partner with a couple of other agencies so then doing a lot of partnership and strategic planning with other agencies as we grow ours and theirs and looking at Simcoe County and potentially the province and beyond and and you can can you tell me a little bit about what Kuchiching Jubilee House does mm-hmm. it's um it's Aurelia's longest standing and only long-term transitional home for women and their dependent children still so we're the only ones that are actually serving families which is complex in its sense and yet also a really challenging demographic yeah um 
as women, we know that women are kick-ass survivors. Yeah. So a lot of the time, this demographic hides. So then by the time we see them, it's, there's a lot of various things at play that have really kind of caused the collapse to lead them to where they need support. Right. So it's, it's a really complex job, really complex demographic of people that we serve, as well as then um, the rest of the families that are in really similar situations and either like on the passing. And I mean, it hits everything, right? Yeah. Through my own experience, I learned that you don't have to be homeless to still be experiencing a lot of these same things where relationship breakdown or loss of employment or someone getting sick or anything can yeah. suddenly now just put your life in a total tailspin. Yeah. And and affect everything in your life. Everything, right? Everything. Like your your you job, your yeah. Down. Yeah. It just it has a ripple effect. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think how I thought you know, why I invited you is because your perspective on all of that coupled with your history and where you come from mm-hmm. and your temperament type, because let's be honest, like my super chill laid back, <laughs> highly empathetic. Yes. Highly yeah. empathetic. <laughs> right. But also highly organized and very mm-hmm. focused and driven. And so I think that when we have that feeling and we, I think we've all experienced it from time to time that full loss of control. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, whoa, I can't see the next five steps. I can't see the next year. I have no idea what direction I'm headed. I have to be in the present and deal with right now. Mm-hmm. And as a planner, that's hard, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And I think that's been the coolest part of really these last five years. Um, where my marriage fell apart five years ago, totally put me into that tailspin for a whole variety of really complex coming at me from every angle reasons. Um, But then when I started at Jubilee, kind of brought that with me. And one of my biggest shifting missions have been that change, the recognition that it's, everybody looks at it like it's just a homelessness thing. It's just a domestic violence thing. It's just an addiction or mental health thing, but it's not. No, it's so much more than that single one of us go through those things. We all do. Completely spin your life on its head. You lose a parent. Yeah. You lose a parent. You lose a job. You like whatever it is, you lose your home. Mm -hmm. Identity gone. Yeah. Your sense of security gone. Your ability to think about and rely on the future gone because now you don't know what that is. I had a great conversation with someone about that this week because they were like, I really anchor myself to who I am in my job. That's like Mm -hmm. how I define myself. Um, and I said to them, you have no idea how many people I talk to who say exactly that. And you have no idea how much I did that Mm -hmm. for the longest time. And then when I left my corporate job, it was so funny because people would say, so what do you do? And I'd go, um, uh, yeah. (laughs) And I can't say nothing because it's not that I do nothing. It was like, I was recharging and I was taking a break and it was really interesting so I started calling myself a lady who lunches Mm -hmm. I remember that I think that was one of the things you'd said when (laughs) we first met years ago (laughs) and they're like you're a lady who lunches and I was like yeah and they're like what's that yeah what does that mean (laughs) and it was the only way I could really define where I was at in my life at the time because I 
I was exploring. Mm -hmm. I wanted to meet people and network with people and understand what my next steps were. And I didn't mm -hmm. know what they were. Mm -hmm. So I was a lady who lunches. Mm -hmm. I took people out to lunch and I was like, what? So what do you do? And tell me about that and what gets you passionate because I'm, I'm on the journey. I'm trying to figure my thing out. And then when I finally came to terms with the fact that it's actually my values that make me me and not my job or where I live or who I know or who I am to other people, mm -hmm. it's, it's my values. That's my lighthouse. Now it's like, you can drop me in anywhere. Right. I, mm -hmm. I could do any role. I could be in any place. Mm -hmm. And I still have that confidence and security and, and calm, 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 identity identity yeah. right where I don't now feel like I'm searching mm -hmm. for the answer mm -hmm. so I've got some questions I want to ask you oh I know <laughs> all right so my first question is how does the concept of zen enter into your life it has to <laughs> like it's <laughs> is that a totally type a answer no I must force it in and create a system that I can replicate so it's easier to do the next time, right? And that's Zen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Zen is what it is to you. It was right? funny. We yeah. had um we had a guest on who was talking about how the word yoga actually means like more than the practice right. of a yoga practice. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yoga to you might be going for a walk and listening to a podcast. And I'm like, oh, I love yoga. Right. Right. <laughs> I feel like it's the same thing with Zen. Uh-huh. Zen to you is your Zen and it's so unique to each of us. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, and you were talking about bound or not boundaries, uh, values before. And I've done a lot of work in my postgrad and really focus on that. And then even in a lot of my own teachings and counseling sessions and stuff, we use it a lot with my kids. Yeah. Like totally the the lingo and the verbiage that we use. But one um I do a really interesting method that like we kind of redo it each year because you have in my perspective, you have kind of the 10 to 15, right? But really yeah. five are foundational that don't really ever change. They never change. Meanwhile, yeah. as you move through different challenges and facets and seasons of your life, yeah. the others shift because it yeah. just depends on really what's most valuable then. Yeah. But balance for me has always come up as number one every single time. Oh, I can imagine too. I mean, you're living in Grand Central Station. <laughs> you, yeah. It's like an <laughs> onslaught. Of uh -huh. children and furry animals. Right. On top of your not own and life. hair everywhere. <laughs> it's just from all kinds of different species. <laughs> that sounds yeah. lovely. Right? Uh, and then, yeah. yeah. And then your own goals, like your own goals, your own career, your own mm -hmm. everything on top of all of that. So how do you how does Zen participate in your life? How do you find it? Where do you find it? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think a lot of it is is that I have to create it. Yeah. Because it's so it will always just remain out of my reach otherwise. And it's like, I'm sure everybody again does this, that it's like you come up with these really amazing systems and routines and I'm totally a system person. That's how the things in boxes that I can replicate work really well. Yeah. And then you can monetize it and do all kinds of brilliant things, <laughs> with it, right? But it's like finding these routines that I have to get into and I have to maintain. And then you do it for three, four, five months. And then you're feeling amazing. Yeah. Things are great. And you're like, great. You start to drop off. Oh yeah. All of the systems of the things that you were doing that, that work. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So we also talked about this in another podcast where it's like, there's seasons for things. Mm -hmm. I think what happens is we find these things that work for us 
and we go in gung ho. And then when we drop it, we start to beat ourselves up because our super type A mind is like, that was working. And now you've blown it. And now you you failed. And look at you and look what you've done. And now we're learning. Like, can't we forgive ourselves and show ourselves a little bit of grace and say, you know what? I did that for a season. It worked so nicely for me. Maybe I need a mini break and then I can come back at it. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens for us, especially when we're super type A, it's all or nothing. It's black or white. It's not like we don't, we don't play in the gray area well. (laughs) We're amazing or we're absolutely not. Right. And And we're our toughest critic. Yeah. This whole journey in between. You're like, no. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's this or this. That's exactly. It. And we're oh. our toughest critics. So we're always coming at ourselves being like, you blew it. Like you yeah. dropped, you dropped <laughs> your workout routine. Again. You dropped your whatever that was working. Mm-hmm. And I'm working so hard in my journey to Zen to be like, it was a season. I did it really well. And just because I screwed mm-hmm. up today doesn't mean I can't pick it right back up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or for me that you didn't learn during that difference too. Cause just cause I've stopped the cycle this time again, doesn't mean that where I stopped isn't different than it was before. It exactly. doesn't mean that I'm not in a different place now and I repick it back up. Yeah. And I think a lot of faith of having the trust in myself and kind of the universe or whatever you want to call it that's behind it that then has that shift to come back to it again totally it's like the the building and the growth phase right building and productivity is really really high yeah little type a push 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 because you get that little high and yeah energizing and we're building and look at us and we're going and like checking things down and just chomping through tasks to then shift to the now i need to just rest and be and lunch and lunch and take it in yeah and And see what I've learned and apply it yeah instead of just kind of constantly chasing down that next well that's it I think that's another form of addiction is the busy making Mm -hmm. we don't stop and reflect and think about what we've come to we Mm -hmm. just go 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 also if I don't stop I don't have to deal with any of the problems Mm -hmm. that I don't want to deal with I can just deal with the things on my task list Mm-hmm. and run headlong into them right mm-hmm. and I think there's something interesting to be said about when we do take a pause in our um routine and then we revert back to things that are maybe not healthy mm-hmm. or I think there's something to be said about that because mm-hmm. I think we see some of those things as treats or we see some of those things as yeah, as a reward, a reward, it's familiar. So it's comfortable, comforting. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And like, I don't want to beat myself up over taking an afternoon to myself to sit in a bubble bath and yeah. eat a chocolate cake. Do you know what I mean? Oh man, I love yeah. cake. <laughs> don't get me Eating started on cake, Brie. Yeah. Come on. Go bigger than a chocolate. I love, I love cake. I love cake in a way. It's like probably not healthy. Uh Like I am fully aware. (laughs) I am fully aware. Always looking for an opportunity for cake. Um, but yeah, like that's the thing. I think, you know, when we beat ourselves up over that, then what, like we're, we're robbing ourselves of these Mm -hmm. things that we actually truly enjoy. It's, it's everything in moderation. Mm -hmm right? So it's okay to take a break and have a cheat day and eat your cake Mm -hmm. and whatever. If you're eating cake every day, we have a problem, right? Right. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. So yeah. And part of my process, it, it's come up a lot through just my own reinventing, like my own reinventing of myself for the last several years to just really highlight, not only highlight and use the type A to my advantage yeah. while I'm trying to then find other really meaningful points of Zen. Cause otherwise it's like, I would go full bore ahead and then I would be inactive and I would call it rest. But in that rest period, it was literally, or it's the point that like, I like sleep doesn't count as rest, right? That's a daily necessity. (laughs) Eating doesn't count as, as, as rest. Those are things that we need to actually do for survival every day. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. So basic human needs you're seeing as rest. Yeah. The the five minutes to go to the bathroom alone is not a rest period. That again is a a normal function. Do you know how often I hear women say that? Because I think what we're doing is we're always providing. Mm -hmm. We're always caretaking. We're always out there. We're doing all of these things. And then it's like, well, today I got to sit and read a book for an hour. And it's like, okay, if that's an anomaly and don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong, Everything is temporary. Sometimes you have seasons of life where you're just moving at the freight train pace. How it is. Right? Mm-hmm. And you have no control around that. You can't affect it. Okay, cool. But generally, you are actually in charge of designing your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So basic human needs and function are a right, not a gift. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> And I think that leads into so many of our foundational beliefs too, because a lot in my own journey, and then I see it in the commonalities of others is like getting back to those childhood foundational beliefs Yeah. of like, how am I worthy? How am I valuable? How, what, what do I say to the world in my action and in my inaction? And for me, busyness was the more you can produce, the more valuable you are. Oh, a hundred percent. This is like, like, can we have that made as a poster for right? everyone who's type A? The more you can produce. There was, there was a point a couple weeks ago where something I said, actually on one of the modules I was recording, I was watching it back to edit it. And I was like, oh, that's really smart. And, <laughs> and realized woman. Yeah. I gave that advice on the module. And I also really needed to hear it. Mm -hmm. And that advice was your legacy in this world is not your achievements. Mm -hmm. It's your relationships. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, right. Right. And who's when you're a hyper achiever, Mm -hmm. right? And you're hyper focused on achievement. You need that reminder. Yeah. And I, I think I've spun it into an interesting way with what I do now and really how I function forever, but especially what I do now, because in my job and in raising my kids and always relationships are like right under balance, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's the key. But now what I've done in a really beautiful type A Zen seeking way is I've created the space to have those as the forefront and have those as my driving factor but then to learn and analyze and understand them to the point that then like my type A kicks back in. And then it's like this really interesting battle of how do I continue to let these naturally evolve and hold those as a really high value while then also 
not pathologizing, but analyzing and finding the keys and understanding myself more and really searching for those commonalities more because then it it makes me do a better job. Right. In my professional career as a mom, I think as a human being, yeah. when I can enter into other spaces with people. I relate to that. Like it. I relate to that <laughs> because it's same. Like in my yeah. job, I'm talking to other people. I'm hearing their input. I'm hearing their point of view on things. And I'm like, oh, interesting how that happens between you and your mother when that actually happens between me and my son. And I'm like analyzing and thinking about how I can apply what I'm doing at work to home and how I can apply Mm -hmm. what I'm doing at home to work. And those boundaries are blurred. Mm -hmm. And frankly, that's part of why I think I'm good at what I do. Right. Yeah, I agree. Right. (laughs) I totally agree. And I think the same thing for myself. And I think it's like when you're talking before about people having identities tied to what they do at work. Yeah. Where it's like that constant reminder of I am not what I do, but I am who I am. Right. And the more I can make that whole self present in every single in every facet, place, the more unshakable you become. That's and right. Then it's so much easier to show up be able you. to go into that space and be like I'm not good today yeah <laughs> you know our, our card pull of just like yeah head full of crap or then I don't have to go to work or don't I don't even potentially have to be with clients and be like no, yeah and pull on the facade yeah you can it's... set boundaries and understand like where you are the more self-awareness you have okay I'm going to say something that might be a little bit controversial mm-hmm. I feel like the more self-awareness you have the more zen you can be Absolutely. Because you can remain more grounded in who you are. Right. And that's such a process of like me maintaining. It's exhausting, frankly. Absolutely. (laughs) It confirms to me that I am 1000% an introvert. If nothing else over these last four years and having COVID brilliantly shine a light on that where I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Quarterly go into a week long lockdown. Like just like we're not allowed to leave. I was like, you can see my nail marks on the front door. <laughs> that was me. I was like, let me out. Right. Yeah. This isn't working for oh, me. I think it was the second one, like one or two weeks into the second one. And I turned my phone off. And then I have a really extroverted friend that was like, I'm really worried. She's like, she showed up at my door. I'm super worried about you. We can't have lockdown. I know I'm not supposed to be here. You don't even have your phone on. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> leave me alone right. no one yeah. can gain access I'm with yeah. my, my fuzzy children and my human children and we're just in like this we're just bubble here. and it's yeah it's wow. funny though you should say that because I think like as you're like you're saying you have to create the zen mm-hmm. right especially in the lifestyle you have and mm-hmm. as an introvert like how do you how do you with a house full of people all the time have your quiet alone time so do you have like a space do you have like a thing you do my room I definitely have a thing that I do um there's a few things that uh, I think we were talking about this from another person that's been on a prior podcast too just like you have kind of your your few key items um where water to me like any kind of hot water especially like hot shower not really bath person but like hot shower my bedroom I wake up really early in the morning. That's key too. Like yeah. Before the rest of the world is up, gets me in my space. I can get up. I can go to the gym, put on my don't talk to me bitchy gym face. 
like go in and do some physical challenge and sweat it out and kind of lay that yeah the anxious energy of the day yeah but setting that morning routine is key if my morning is off my entire day is mess. yeah I get like that it, if it's not good the whole scrap the whole day because yeah like I'm peace out you'll find me in the bush because <laughs> that's my next space it is is the bush the more frequently I can get in with the trees the yeah better. if I can do it barefoot even better yeah right I have been grounding before grounding was a thing <laughs> like I, they call it forest bathing now but right. it used to just be you, you retreat to nature yeah like it, yeah it's, it's not a thing it's not something unique it's not something people have to be taught yeah take your shoes off and go into the woods oh a thousand <laughs> I'm 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 the water for me it's water a hundred percent so like mm-hmm. in in the summer especially there is something or even like just before summer hits my kids are all still in daycare and mm-hmm. school and it's really quiet around here but it's warm enough because we live on the lake that's kind of shallow so mm-hmm. it heats up fast right mm-hmm. I will literally at lunch hour walk over walk out into the lake and just float right for like 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then I'll do a meditation practice out there mm-hmm. and it's pristine like the water's like glass yeah to me that's my idea of heaven there literally is nowhere where I feel more connected more relaxed more calm and in the summer same thing if I can get my kids into the water they could be screaming bloody murder if I'm in the water (laughs) it's okay I'm okay I'm okay but there's other spaces where I feel and I'm I'm very nesty too so Mm -hmm. my home is like Mm -hmm. The safe space. The safe space, right? And when you know that about yourself, you can also provide that for yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So if water is something for me, um, even though I hate being told to take a bubble bath, Mm -hmm. because I do love baths, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's really condescending when someone's like, oh, you're stressed, take a bubble bath. They're there. I'm like, bugger off. Yeah. Right? (laughs) But a bath or we have the hot tub, sit in the hot tub, Mm -hmm. just observe the world as it passes me by I'm not often an observer mm-hmm. I'm so often in the fray mm-hmm. so taking a moment to sit in that seat teaches me a lot yeah yeah for me it's like you were talking about before with the the empathy too and that empathetic connection or if I can get into the woods I feel less yeah and then, but it's like, I feel less, but I don't feel less because then I can actually feel, feel yourself. the grass. I can feel the dirt. I can feel the trees. I can smell the dirt. I can smell, you know, the decaying leaves. I love spring and fall because of that forest yeah, smell. Me too. My kids laugh at me because I'm like, oh yeah. The season's going to change. You smell it. They're like, oh my God, mom. Like, can you yeah. put your shoes on? People yeah. are walking by. Like, <laughs> what are you getting? I'm snowing. Like the leaves <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like that with the rain. I love the rain mm-hmm. and that smell right after it rains. Oh my God. Like yeah. people have tried to bottle it. They just don't do it justice. It mm-hmm. just is such a magical earthworm slash. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but it's and people so try nice. to replicate it. They try to replicate it by forest bathing trips. They try to replicate it by all like these monitors. I mean, it, it's yeah. not supposed to be a group just thing be in the moment. And that's exactly it. Cause you, you can't capture the moment of the present my kids make fun of me and my husband because when it hard rains mm-hmm. I put my bathing suit and go out and like dance in it right and they're like um mom are you okay 
I'm like, are you kidding? This uh-huh. is like the best day. Yeah. <laughs> They're closing the door. They're like, the okay, mom's a witch. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so what if I am? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, I love that. I love all of that. And it's interesting too, I think, when we find ourselves to our, our happy places mm-hmm. as empaths, because a lot of times, especially if I'm in a big room of people, mm-hmm. you can feel everyone in the room and then you have, and I'm getting much, much better at this, but there are moments where you're like, is this my feeling or their feeling? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll walk in happy, go lucky, feeling great. There's tension in the room. I feel the tension and I'm like, is this my anxiety or their anxiety? Is this mm-hmm. my trepidation or their trepidation? Like, I don't know right now. Yeah. But those moments where you're completely alone in these beautiful spaces that are completely silent, mm-hmm. I am so attuned to what I feel and think. Things become so clear. Mm-hmm. Nothing gets muddled mm-hmm. or, or confused. And that happens just in my house, right? Like exactly. the kids come home, my husband comes up, suddenly there's like a whole shift in Mm-hmm. feeling in the room yep. and you're like is this me is this them do I feel that way do they feel that way and then I get reactionary mm-hmm. yeah right it Which, just an attempt to try and get rid of it to come back to that present moment or like I get reactionary because I'm feeling their feelings and mm-hmm. maybe my oldest had a bad day at school and now I'm feeling his feelings and I get like snappy mm-hmm. or kind of intense right <laughs> and but I feel it, it's like comes in. Mm-hmm. And I think as an empath, you have to work so hard to set those boundaries to not feel everybody else's feelings. Yeah. And in order to do that, I need those moments by myself mm-hmm. so I can define like, oh, right. That's what my feelings. Here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Here That's I what am. my feelings feel like. And mm-hmm. it does feel different when it's somebody else's feelings mm-hmm. that come in. So being able to define that line between mine and yours, mm-hmm. it's like life-saving. Yeah. That was a, something I had to do a lot of work on too, that I think has created a new level of Zen. Um, through my own abuse history, I learned that I really had no idea what my own needs were. Like early on in therapy, they'd be like, what do you need? I need a house. I need to eat. I need to sleep. I need to take care of my kids. No, no. What, what do bring? you need? And like actually need, right? Where I had no idea and I had no idea what my feelings were and that like my feelings could only exist within a really kind of melancholy space. Yeah. So I, I couldn't really have so you knew when high you were highs. Down. I couldn't really have really low lows. Well, not even to know when I was down, but because that was the only space that was safe. Right. Was just dependable, kind of consistent, melancholy don't go too high because then you get seen too much, but don't go too low because then you're too vulnerable. So it's like staying in this yeah. really, this space of almost nothing. Yeah. So having to learn what I was actually feeling kind of push outside that boundary. Sure. But then get comfortable in my own grounding to know that Zen isn't just bubble baths and chocolate cake. It's not just about feeling really good all the time. It's not about feeling connected. It's not about feeling peace. It's about finding ways to get back to it. Yeah. And recognizing like, I'm not okay right now, but type A, I will be. I will be. 
this moment can shift and I don't have to carry this through and yeah. how else can I get back to those spaces, but be in that space yeah, giving and it be really space. not okay. Yeah. Or be in that space and be really, really too okay. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Like we've been dealing with a lot of grief in our house over the last year and that's big, right? Like it comes in waves. And for me, it's like, allowing myself to sit in it and cry and think about the things that upset me and then be like okay and now I want to shift this to a place of gratitude that this person existed for me or whatever it might be but it's it you have to allow the low yeah and you have to allow it without trying to fix it yeah like I'm not gonna <laughs> fix that grief it's not yeah. actually going anywhere I'm just gonna get better and better at understanding mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. and probably more comfortable with it mm -hmm. it's like having a house guest that's gonna move in permanently right right I <laughs> don't really want them there <laughs> we leave their toothbrush on the counter yeah you know, at first it's kind of uncomfortable <laughs> and you're not really sure how to live with them in your space uh -huh. <laughs> and you're like oh you're gonna put your stuff there are you okay um, but as they get more familiar and as you get more comfortable with them, you're like, ah, I see. Okay. You live here now. Mm -hmm. Cool. 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 Mm -hmm. Cool. 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 You sure forever. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think then it just becomes like, this is part of me. This yeah. is part of family. This is part of my life now. And so accepting it, which is always the first step to like moving anything through. Yeah. Right accepting it understanding it and then being grateful for it because mm -hmm. of what it shows me mm -hmm. exactly right which is tough yeah that's tough I think when people are at their lowest finding the gratitude for being there mm -hmm. and people will get angry when you suggest it mm -hmm. I, I get it I totally get it I think I've been angry when people have suggested it mm -hmm. But the practice of it is truly magical. Yeah. And that's a really amazing space to realize that you can't have great love without great loss. Right. You can't have great happiness without great sadness. Again, that balance. Yin-yang. Exactly. It's whatever you're going to have, there's the equal and opposite effects. And, and it's funny because you know how you were saying... Um, you know, I bring value if I have achievements. Like if I am a doing something, that's my value. Um, that is also often coupled with, I want people to like me. I want totally. to be liked, mm -hmm. right? And I remember I said to a client once, well, it's like yin yang, right? 50% of the people on this planet are not going to like you. Right. And they were like, what? Like, but it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's a big number, isn't uh -huh. it? There's a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but that's helped me like I get very comfortable with that number mm -hmm. all right you don't like me no skin cool. mm -hmm. I'm good right. like it's okay that doesn't hurt me anymore yeah right but there are some people where their entire being is I'm a good person mm -hmm. and I just want to be liked mm -hmm. And because I'm a good person, everyone should like me. Exactly. Instead of it just doesn't There's any, no way that's happening. <laughs> and really, you don't want everyone to like you because that's a lot of people. That is a like, lot that, of people. That's a lot of other relationships. It's, that's a lot of time and attention. That's the introvert. Of, right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like 10, right? 10 people to like you is good. 
yeah that's I don't want everyone else to hate funny. me but like I, I only have so much space yeah I, I only have so much around. time I can give yeah. well and I think that's why it's also that it's so important that we curate our circle yes right yeah who's your circle who are those people that get that time when you have it absolutely I've become almost ruthless and how for you I, I sh- some people look at me as I said before I'm off social media again now and I got so many messages of just that there must be a crisis Um, right the fact that I've gone off social media must mean that there's something wrong you know like no I don't want to talk to you (laughs) I don't want to see this I don't because I don't want to really no because and a lot of it it really negatively impacts me yeah to like just stream or school or feel that I need to or to feel that I need to to maintain a relationship Mm -hmm. and then it makes me kind of step back and pause and go well do I want that one yeah and every six months I go through my friend list and remove people that I haven't directly talked to within the last year. Yeah. Because again, right, if it's a relationship that will be kind of spurred back up, I found it naturally comes there anyways. Yeah. Where I don't have, it's not like I kind of cut it and it's gone, where if, it, if it's going to exist, it comes back around. Yeah. So just kind of having that, that yeah. space and that trust. Well, it's that reason, season, lifetime thing with friends. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes it is where it worked really well in that season. And now you just don't really have anything in common or you're going two different pathways or you're in two different phases of how you're growing in different directions. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. And I think when people take it personally, it for me, when people take that personally, Mm -hmm. it actually confirms why. Right. I've chosen to create distance. Yes. right so they're like oh nice you're not even a friend like I haven't even heard from you okay well I haven't heard from you like are we accusing each other of things that's weird so for me it's like it's nothing personal Mm -mm. at all let it grow also I'm very um just the kind of human being I am Mm -hmm. my temperament is very orange and we haven't really defined what that is but there's a product I use called personality dimensions and in the tool um I would be defined as resourceful orange that's Mm -hmm. my brightest um and orange I mean truly we just don't have that much focus Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it takes a lot of energy for me to stay on task and on track right unless I'm over the moon passionate about something and I also because my other supporting temperaments are very type a and organized I used to approach my relationships that way Mm -hmm. so I would literally have a running list of people I hadn't talked to in a while and I would go out of my way to reach out to them and it's exhausting yeah that's exhausting and then it did probably doesn't really feel authentic either. it didn't feel authentic and yeah. also it felt like I was carrying every friendship every relationship in my my life mm-hmm. they would wait for me mm. right and I was like you know what I don't need this responsibility right now yeah so especially once I had kids I was like sorry this focus needs to go somewhere else mm-hmm. and so my friends are unbelievably important to me mm-hmm. and there are still people I will randomly reach out to and be like hey hey haven't talked in a while yeah. my love for you has not disappeared right right yeah it's like object permanence yeah because I can't see you doesn't mean you're not there exactly just... and it doesn't mean I don't adore you exactly it's just we're busy mm-hmm. and it's okay to be busy and not have Mm-hmm. Every single person have a magical altar in your life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
yeah my my quest and just really trying to be that whole self all the time and like concentrating and grooming that has really helped filter through I've always had a tight circle like yeah. ever since I was yeah again the introvert right right yeah, yeah it's yeah. like these are my people you your people and I was always really social and like I'm very well connected and I think that's still the same way where I know a lot of people I'm really connected to a lot of people I can't really go anywhere even if I don't yeah you know, go in I'm like hiding behind my hoodie so they don't see me in the ceiling aisle <laughs> can't say I haven't done that it's um, because <laughs> I want to get in and get out but like the people that I choose to spend time with are really limited right before Christmas um my partner Mark and I hosted friends at my house it is the first time we've ever we as a couple have ever had anyone other than my family in my home and then we were joking around about that when the friends were there I'm like you know you're the first couple we've had over in in this space and she's like what are you talking about your house is great and Mark's like I know I want to entertain I want to whatever but that I'm so selective as to who especially comes into that circle. Yeah. Cause that circle is like me and the kids and like where we come in to rest and recover and recuperate yeah. from the world. Well, in your history. Yeah. Suggests yes. that you want to create a very safe space right. for you and your family that is forever guarded. Yes. I get that because I came from that house. Right. 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 And in the same sense, then I have an expectation on the people that come into my house to understand what an honor it is. Yes. To be in that space. Yeah. And that's an interesting dynamic when you start putting that on your relationships of just like, I'm pretty freaking awesome. It's interesting to think of it that way because I also grew up in a home where it's like, this is our sanctuary. This is our safe place. Mm -hmm. And only a select few people are in, are allowed past these doors. Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe other people came from time to time, but they weren't regular visitors. Right. Right. They might have poked through mm -hmm. or were part of a party mm -hmm. or something along those lines. Yeah. But those regular visitors, those are the people who understand you're you're in the inner circle. This is this is your home as much your home as it is mine. Exactly. And those are the ones that actually get access to your Zen. Yeah. Right. Like it's that I I always want to try and live as present as I can, like in that and utilizing that and utilizing that concept. And yet really that's the rawest form of me. Right. There's a reason I go to the bush by myself. Yeah. There's a reason why my house is just mine. Like it, there's a reason for all of that. Cause if you get brought into that space, mm -hmm. like whoo, high honors, props to you. There, there is something there and developed cause that that's me and that's yeah. me and my wholeness. And I feel like what I struggle with, um, in showing up as myself. So I'm really great at turning my filter off. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's funny because I'm, I think as a super type A person, I'm also highly aware of, I create the my the perspective of myself I want to be seen professionally mm -hmm. or personally or whatever mm -hmm. um and what those two years of COVID did for me was actually make me so myself mm -hmm. that now as I'm coming back into my prof professional space on a regular basis I am struggling really hard to turn the filter back on right right, right. so I'm dropping f-bombs and I'm it's just because I'm so used to being able to be unfiltered 
unabashedly me. Mm-hmm. And it's not that different than who I am at work. Right. <laughs> right. I drop F-bombs at work all the time. I they've happened in boardrooms. They've happened with clients. They've had, I'm just like. I did it twice yesterday. This is generally how I speak. Please let me know if you are. Otherwise, otherwise it's like, I'm passionate and, it, uh, and I want to try and be as present as possible of who I am all the time. Same. Right. Yeah. And then I feel I have these like pangs afterwards of like, yes. Oh, that was not yeah. professional behavior. Yeah. And if I was coaching someone on professional behavior, I would absolutely tell them not to do that. And I did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait a second. There's a whole self to me here. Yeah. <laughs> not just the perfect facade that gets put out. Thank you so much for joining us for part one with Brie Lefevre. I hope you found some interesting little nuggets throughout this episode and you join us for part two. We look forward to seeing you come back. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit www.yorkmotivational.com for more information on my super type A attempt at being Zen, the coaching program, Lead Without Permission, or visit our contact page to reach out to Risha. Wishing you all continued balance and fulfillment on your road to Zen.